This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2020. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. So John, a little little bit of a break last week. Yeah, we had a busy week. We were, we were both kind of busy or just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's okay to take a break every once in a while. Actually, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I thought maybe we'd start the show just doing kind of a general, I don't know, an update on Transistor, uh, how things are going. So, uh, I mean, the most interesting thing I think for people listening is probably we had uh, two really high growth months over the... Uh, you know, uh, March and sorry, April and May. And we've been wondering if that would continue. And June has definitely been slower. So I'm not exactly sure what to think about that. Like, what? Yeah, I don't even know what to think about April and May. I mean, was it because of COVID 19 and people were at home starting podcasts, or was it just, it's really, it's sort of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And then, now there's the slowdown. Is it because everyone who wanted to start a podcast mm-hmm. tried to start one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you had mentioned maybe it was some sort of because of the unrest in the U.S., but I don't know if that would necessarily be the case. It, it would almost seem like there'd be more of them being started because people would want to talk about. Oh yeah, I I, I race race issues. Yeah, I had wondered if it was the protests. Um, and that, that kind of, uh, you know, just civil unrest that was maybe affecting things. Yeah. My, my sense is that it was during the lockdown, people saw it as an opportunity to finally start that podcast that they'd wanted to start. Uh, we had reports of podcast microphones selling out at Amazon um, multiple people on Twitter saying they wanted to get one, but they couldn't. So I think that's actually probably what happened. And interesting to see how, you know, we always think of human beings as individuals, but they really do move in groups. Like I had this thought when the lockdown happened, I've always been into these looping machines mm-hmm. and I was like, maybe now's the time to get that looping machine. And I wasn't the only one to have that thought. Like looping machines also uh, were sold out in a lot of places. So there was something about being in your house going, okay, you know, this is the time to get that VR headset. This is the time to get that microphone and do that podcast. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff. Nintendo Switches Mm -hmm. are sold out everywhere. A lot of, yeah, just things that you would, yeah, you would use at home yeah. to, to pass the time. Either, you know, new projects or just something fun. Again, I find that stuff fascinating, how there can be these conditions in society that lead to market demand. And this is one of the things I would go back to school for is I think I've gotten fairly good at being able to observe and somewhat determine when there is market demand and respond to it. So over the years, uh, I've been able to uh, identify, oh, wait, this, there's increasing market demand here, and maybe we should respond to it. Um, But what I'm still not sure about is how that demand gets created. (laughs) Like, what causes that rising tide of a bunch of human beings to all kind of in a group at the same time decide to get into podcasting or to uh, switch to Slack or to get a chat widget on their website. Like what are the conditions that leads to that happening? 
And I think that would be fascinating to do like a master's or a PhD on that to figure out. Cause there's for sure there's there. I don't even know what that, is that economics? Uh, but it, for question. sure there's some feedback loops in there, right? As things become more popular, it reinforces popularity. Um, you know, if your friend has a podcast and then your other friend gets a podcast, part of you wants a podcast. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, anyway, that we we saw these these growth numbers and now um June we're still growing but we're not growing as fast. Yeah. Yeah, we have we still have yet to hit a month where we've actually mm-hmm. lost money. Um we- and I don't know if that's coming or like that'll be that'll be a mm-hmm. momentous thing. Yeah. <laughs> if we have a month where it's like Oh, our revenue actually yeah. went down. Well, and and this, yeah, well, and this goes and brings up another issue, which is we haven't faced the plateau, and we haven't also faced yeah a a downward trend. And right, which I mean is you know, especially in the U.S., I can't speak to Canada or many other countries, but um, the financial situation in this country is not great like it was prop it was propped up by some some uh you know government incentives to to give people money and stuff during coronavirus but it's that's also not getting better at the moment so like there's still the potential for a massive economic downturn in this country which would probably affect us quite a bit more than we saw i think so Part of the reason we're exposed is we do have a lot of hobbyists and, you know, people doing this a podcast on the side. And so their transistor subscription is on their personal credit card. Um, yep. uh, on the other hand, we don't, it, we're, we're somewhat protected because it's very unlikely that, you know, a bunch of those individual plans will all cancel at the same time. If we notice, uh, you know, a, an increase in churn, that we'll, we, we'll notice that, um, like, we'll be able to see it coming, basically. It, I don't want to be naive and, and say we don't need to keep an eye on it. And I think also this is a good time for us to start thinking about the inevitable end of the wave we're on. So... Yeah, yeah, we've we and we've talked about it very briefly as far as like what what's next? What what could we add or what could we kind of something new we could come up with to sort of add on a new like layer of value or mm-hmm. some some new feature or something that would attract maybe different yeah. types of people. Now, I one thing one question that's interesting to ask there is what what is what are we trying to optimize for what what's our goal and i think part of our goal is we've built up this asset and we know that it's not going to go forever and so we're trying to now uh de-risk ourselves uh diversify the risk and one way to do that is to start another product Another way to do that is to evolve the product so that you're kind of like swimming out to the next wave that's just starting to build. Another way to do that is yep. to take some investment and take money off the table. Um, another way to do that is to uh, you know, optimize for expansion revenue or go after different types of customers. So there's there's some other options. There's some options ahead of us. And it, it feels like it's worth considering those things. I think you and I both kind of will default to how do we make the product better? Or maybe our second option would be what other kinds of products could we build? But to know that there are other options that we should probably also consider, <laughs> consider right? Um, that what... Right. what Uh, And I mean, I haven't even mentioned all of them. Like there are new channels that we haven't pursued. We could, you know, hire a 
full-time salesperson to just go out and um, basically speak to people who are hosted with our competitors and ask them if they want to switch. Like there are other things we could do to, I think it's to protect ourselves because I mean, I can't, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to speak for you to speak for yourself, but I mean, right now I, uh, I have definitely, I have, I want to make plans for the future and as stable as MRR is, um, you know, like, let's say I buy a new house, which is something I'm considering. There's always these thoughts of, okay, well, how protected am I right now? And the future is unknown. And so what are some ways we can build some resilience into, you know, into the system here? Do do you think like that at all? Or how do you think about things? Yeah, sometimes, but I think I also think a little bit more about like how big mm. do we want to get, which is something we've talked about before. Like in a stressful uh, way, like you don't want to get too big. I, like I just, it's hard, it's hard for me to see revenue dropping so fast that we have no control over it. Right. So to sort of think about, think about, you know, how to build in resiliency. I, th- I just feel like we sort of have to keep on top of it as a tap, as we see it happening. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess nothing's certain, right? I mean, there could be a day where something happens and people just cancel very yeah. fast. Um, but, but on the other hand, like, you know, if you have a full-time job, there's really no guarantee that you're going to have your yeah. job there either. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, in some ways, just you and I talking about it right now is helpful. This, this is why po- podcasts are helpful in the therapy sense, because, you know, I said something and then you said something. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, like, let's think about our risks. Yeah, I, and it's we have a we have a good buffer right now mm-hmm. as far as money goes. Like, you know, I think we talked about that at the onset of this pandemic is like we could take a decent hit and still be okay. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen, which is great, but I think the same still goes for whatever's next. And looking at, I sometimes just looking at the numbers when you get anxiety, I think this is a common thing for founders is you get, you, you get anxiety and you just let the anxiety jiggle around in your brain. Right. Like, I could read the news and it's like, oh, look at this looming economic, um, you know, tsunami that's coming. And I could also just look at the numbers and go, okay, well, I can't predict the future. But, you know, like our, our highest churn was actually before the pandemic in January. Um, and then before that, uh, we had high churn in August as well. Uh, August 2019. And so we're down from both of those highs. There's something about that that I think is reassuring to to think, okay, well, you know, there's going to be some churn, but right now there's nothing in our charts that show, you know, that we should be really, really concerned. And now we've been in business for a couple of years and so I can look at, you know, all the way back from May 2018, and I can see, um, yeah, I mean, actually, if we look at, we had some really high churn numbers in September of 2018. I don't know what happened there. Um, September 2018, it, like some big churn numbers, maybe because... Well, that's right after we launched. Yeah, so maybe... And because the numbers were so low back then, yeah, like actually revenue churn spikes at the same time that growth rate is spiking, which was like right right after we launched. Yeah, that's that's probably why. So yeah, I think that's interesting to kind of take a pulse. But on the other hand, think about what do we want to do, right? Because we know if we just sit still and don't do anything, if we don't evolve, uh, then we become Kodak or, you know, some of these other companies that just, 
were too comfortable. But on the other hand, that is still mm-hmm. not like that is an option. We we could literally not add anything new yeah. and just do customer support and then take that time to work on something else. And we'd still make revenue every month, which I don't think either of us want to do right now, but it is. Yeah. That is an option. Yeah. There's other ways for us to diversify. And it's interesting, you know, like ConvertKit, they just launched a digital commerce. Um, so they're basically trying to become more like Gumroad or Podia. And that's interesting to me. It's like, okay, wow, they're, they're making moves, right? They have aspirations of becoming a billion dollar company. And that's interesting. Uh, Basecamp just launched Hey. So, you know, of all the people who would be kind of financially set up, you got to imagine that's Jason and David. And they still felt like they wanted to put something new into the world. You know, that's interesting as well. And then you have Peldy at Balsamic, and he's kind of, you know, he's just building new versions of balsamic and in some ways i think he's he's trying to figure out how he can pull himself out of the company and he's kind of gotten what he wanted out of the company let's take a little break let's do our bootstrapper shout out this is another name i recognize newsy n-u-s-i-i.com it's online proposal software so it's for creatives like website developers designers and marketing agencies and uh this is owned by Michael. I know, I've known Michael for a while. But yeah, if you want simple proposals in minutes, uh, nice proposal templates, you're a freelancer and you need to you know, send out a bid or whatever, this is the software to do it. N-U-S-I-I, Newsy.com. Not to be confused with Newsies, <laughs> the Disney film from 1992, <laughs> starring Christian Bale. I had to look that up. I remember that. That that's hilarious. It has a thirty nine percent score on Rotten wow. Tomatoes, but it doesn't matter. People that that movie resonated. We weirdly on Google, eighty three percent liked the film. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, there's definitely some nostalgia. The box office for Newsies was two point eight million. Just seems so small. The budget was $15 million. Yeah, it does. Speaking of industries that you are glad you're not in at the moment. Yeah, theater, theater, not so much. But, I mean, the, I always, I mean, I don't know if I love it when things get disrupted, but it is interesting that, like, if you ask most people, would you prefer the choice of going to the theater or being able to watch it in your home but at the same time that it's in the theater, people will say, well, yeah, I would like to have that choice. And more often than not, I'd probably choose, I just want to watch it at home. Be nice to have the choice. There are certain movies I would definitely mm-hmm. want to watch in the movie theater. But you can see it's like a false choice. But. And I think whenever there's a false choice, this would actually be another inter- interesting question for you and I to ask ourselves. Like, what are the false choices that we present our customers or that the podcast industry presents customers because it's just the way it is or it protects our interests or whatever, because those are possible Uh places to be disrupted. And you know that Disney is, is running that math right now. And if they feel like it is to their advantage to just start, you know, sending theater releases directly to Disney Plus subscribers, but you have to pay like an extra 20 bucks or whatever, and people are willing to pay it, they're running that math. And right. Yeah, it could it could change things forever. Because it is a false choice, right? Like in some ways the theater companies were holding everyone ransom, saying, well, no, you've got to go through us because we've got this big distribution channel. And if you you know do go direct to video then we just won't deal with you anymore. We'll we'll run your your next movie on less screens. And they had some bargaining power, but as the leverage changes, yeah, you might get you might get more, yeah, you might get more people watching it because, you know, to take a, you know, if it's a kids movie, you're taking a family of 
for to a movie. It's like, it's crazy. Yes. Really expensive yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever like, I remember we took our kids to a movie when they were really young, The Incredibles, and my son just would not sit for the whole thing. And so like 20 minutes in, we just ended up going outside for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that was fun, you know. Yeah, so those false choices are interesting. There's There are a, a lot of those, like, you know, software licensing. The way software gets licensed is one of those false choices where, you know, sometimes you, you pigeonhole people into a certain license type, but really it, what would be better for them is, you know, giving them more freedom or something. Mm-hmm. And there's opportunities yeah. there. Um you know, like, I mean, in some ways, Netflix is taking advantage of this, right? They can produce content and then just say, well, we're just going to skip the theaters and we're just going to go directly to Netflix subscribers. And um, let's talk about this next one quick. In our calendar, John, <laughs> there's a big note yeah. for July 2nd. And it says, it says, slow down. Slow all caps. down. Now, I noticed it last week. Prepare to slow down oh. was on the 25th of June. So <laughs> I feel like we're in a, we're in a, we're in the episode of we, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where our, our our past selves are leaving notes for our future selves. So we did a slowdown over the holidays in which we didn't really we didn't record and we didn't really build a lot of new things. We mm-hmm. kind of took some time off, and we had we planned out these slow down periods back in the middle of last year. Yeah. I don't remember when we did it. Um, with, you know, n- obviously not realizing that we'd be in the middle <laughs> of a pandemic <laughs> and things would be a little bit weird and different yeah. than we thought they would be. Um, yeah. Cause things kind of naturally slowed down, but in a weird way. Yeah. Right. I mean, are, do you still feel like you need to slow down well, and take a break for the I summer? I have two thoughts about this. One is uh, my kids are just now out of school. And so part of the yeah. reason I've had this feeling in the past is when I was running my own business, I'm just, I was always, you know, in the grind and would rarely kind of come up for air and look around and so invariably, like, I would get kind of sideswiped by the summer where all of a sudden my kids are home and I'm still going to the office full time. And it's just like there's just conflict because that my kids are home. And not even that, like, I, I think even if I didn't have kids, it's like it's when my family comes and visits. It's like, it's when my friends want to go float down the river or go for a bike ride. And for me personally, I don't know how you deal with this stuff, but for me personally, I just, I, I'm not naturally good at taking time off. Uh, like here's a good example. Like, and I don't know why it frustrates me so much, but like my friend, Tony, he had my boys over at his house with his boys. And then when he dropped my boys off, they were all going mountain biking. And I instantly kind of had this pang of like, ah, like I, I haven't created room for us to all go mountain biking really this year. And, and that happens to me all the time. Like it'll be the middle of the summer and I'll be like, Oh, like I didn't plan anything special. Like we didn't go camping or, and so, yeah, I mean, certainly this summer, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's harder to do it here maybe than the Canada. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, people can camp. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't here too, but yeah, it's, it's a little more difficult. Um, but it, yeah, it is. I, for me, it is, I don't generally do a great job of planning to take time off. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's easy to just think there's unlimited amount of work and, well, and like uh, routine is good, but so is variety. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm/justin. 
you'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. It's a good way to put it. Um, and also, I mean, the thing I, you know, the thing that would be nice, nice to take a break now. I mean, Illinois is in a decent place with, you know, COVID-19 mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the other areas in the U.S. at the moment, which is going back up pretty severely. But, you know, my concern is that we in the U.S. are going to be stuck inside again in the winter anyway. Yeah. In the fall. We're going to be, things are going to be closed down again. Mm-hmm. And might be beneficial to sort of try to take advantage of some of that now. Get outside while it's nice out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like we're actually both feeling like now is a good time to slow down. Um, in terms of like, are we going to start a big new project right now? Um, like, am I going to take a break from blogging and tweeting? Um, which is like a big part of like my brand, but also something that drives a lot of interest to transistor. But do I want to like, do I want to keep that up over the summer or do I want to create space for like if for example like i could tweet all all weekend and it could just consume my whole weekend right and maybe i just need to take a break and like have you know have some space to like go oh like i'm not staring at my screen i'm not looking at customer support i'm not uh you know uploading this podcast that i forgot to upload after we recorded I now have yeah. space to look at my boys on the couch playing iPads and go, oh man, like let's get outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, schedule an hour a day or a half hour to do that stuff or every other day. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's less that that stuff is less of a concern to me because I just don't really do much of it. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, what what do you think? Do you think we should stick with our plan? I also like the idea of of having a cadence anyway like we kind of half did this last summer because last summer was the summer where we're like okay like let's you know let's try to do this and yeah but getting in the habit of it and going okay yeah i'm gonna create some space and kind of put myself in that mode of it's summertime let's let's answer customer support let's you know, but let's give our, ourselves time to go outside. Let's give ourselves time to do a road trip if it's allowed. Like it, it would be nice to have some of that in there. Right, right. I mean, there's, it would be nice whether or not we do it this week or not. I don't know because we're, there's a couple things we're trying to finish up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that. The API V1 is kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's. Mostly done. I think we could probably get that out this week in some sort of like trial version for certain people that we choose or want to use it. Mm -hmm. And then maybe actually release it after some sort of break. Yeah. Um, And then I'm still trying to finish up this new uh, draft schedule publish workflow for, for episodes for podcasts. So yeah. Be nice to get that out too. Yeah. Um. You know, the the thing is, though, that, like, both of those are going to generate probably a, some new support requests, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, support is, support is, like, not as much of a concern for me because I, I, I've kind of come up with a, you know, we have Helen helping us out, and then I just, like, I'm getting pretty good at answering stuff on my phone. And so it's not like I'm completely disengaged, but... It feels like support is like, and maybe even like I'll still in the summer want to be able to walk down to my office and get a coffee and, you know, like go through some tickets and then, you know, go home. Um, right. So I, yeah, I mean, support is one of those things that, and also actually I, I've just um, started pair programming with a new, um, just a contractor in, in uh, Texas And, you know, I think she's available all summer and I've actually been really enjoying it. And it's, I might, that might be worth 
having scheduled, you know, like, okay, well, this is fun. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, she's learning and I'm learning and we're, you know, we're, and we have a project where we're, we're trying to, uh, get it on, maybe change the site to Netlify and have it all statically generated. Once we get that project done, then, you know, there's like, we could spend time refactoring all this template code that I've written. We could build some new, like she's, I think has enough uh, JavaScript chops that we could build like, you know, some experiments, like maybe a podcast name generator, you know, like some, some Mm. marketing kind of uh, engineering is marketing. So I, I, it feels like you and I always find something to kind of chip away at. It's like giving ourselves permission, I think to, for example, maybe not record the show through the summer. Right. Um, giving ourselves permission to not have to build a big a big new cycle. Like we can we can finish the projects we're on, and you know maybe just have those projects that we just chip away at over the summer that don't even have a defined cycle. They're just like things we we work on as we're in the midst of uh, wakeboarding and uh, hiking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely a number of features that we've thought about that might need just need some research or just like playing around with a few things to actually decide whether it's worth it or not or yeah yeah and that, that's the type of stuff like i don't t- us taking a break doesn't mean we're going to step away from our computers for a month really i mean yeah it's, I, I always like the way paul jarvis put it he's he says you know i'm taking he emails his newsletter list and says i'm taking a break over the summer doesn't mean I'm not going to be working. It's just, I'm going to be doing things that require kind of heads down mode and thinking. What I like about it is it acknowledges that so much of that time when you're really on and you're really consuming the fire hose of business, uh, you know, like for me, it's like, I'm, 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 I'm sucking up tweets and emails and meetings and podcast interviews and new blog post ideas and new product ideas and partnership requests. And that's just a big fire hose. And when I'm on, I really like it. And for you, it's like, you're sucking up, like, you know, working with a contractor. Here's a bunch of new issues. Here's a big hairy, uh, project that you need to finish here's a whole refactoring here's you know a bunch of support tickets that only you can deal with and um i think there's something about saying okay i'm just going to turn off the fire hose of all the extra stuff that isn't like deep work that i just like deep thoughtful work that i want to get done and um even though i think the fire hose, at least for me, uh, being in marketing and sales is like important. I, I think I do need to be like in the, in the, the fray, you know, um, mm-hmm. taking time to not be in the fray, I think is, is healthy. I would agree with that. Cool. So let's stick with the plan. And I think what we're doing now is we're announcing that we are going to pause the podcast. Um, <laughs> so again, if we feel like recording an episode or maybe I'll feel like, you know, having a call with somebody and publishing it, uh, we'll still do that. But, uh, if you don't see an episode from us, uh, until the fall, that is why, uh, I think I tried publishing all through the summer last year. And again, maybe I'll do that, but I I just don't want to promise anything. Yeah. Yeah, We can, we could do a, yeah. A slow down check. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Um, why don't we end off? Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to talk about this, but I think it's worth talking about. You, yeah, you, you, you cool. So. Okay, so Simplecast, um, one of our competitors, sold to uh, Sirius, Sirius XM Radio, um, and yeah, what were your thoughts when you heard about it? I think it makes sense. It's sort of another one of those. Um, you know, like Spotify buying Anchor, it's this consolidation of podcasting-related tools under these larger 
broadcast uh, companies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Sirius also owns Pandora, which is a music and podcasting, uh, you know, listening uh, platform. Yeah. So I, it makes, it certainly makes sense um, for them. I obviously have some other thoughts on the issue <laughs> that maybe we'll talk about at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like an, um, there's like an undercurrent. We can't, we always kind of dance around. Um, I'm like, eh, maybe I should talk about that, but maybe not. Um, yeah. No, it's, I, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. You know, it, it, it they raised money. It seems like any company that raises money is going to at least at some point think about selling. Yeah. Because they have investors who need to get a return on their money. Yeah. And I mean, so yeah, we have, we have some like personal, uh, issues or experience with Simplecast that, yeah, we probably can't talk about right now. Um, I, if we, if we put those feelings aside, which is actually kind of difficult, but if we put those feelings aside, um, what's interesting about it is that Simplecast, as opposed to Gimlet or Anchor or any of these other companies is more our scale. Like they're, they are, they're really one of our closest competitors. Um, right. Like people switch to us from Simplecast all the time. Um, and I looked up their numbers and they have about two times the podcasts in Apple Podcasts than we do. And so they're a much older app and we it's actually surprising how much ground we've gained on them. Uh, I think we have about yeah. 5,000 podcasts in Apple Podcasts um, that at least this one uh, stats place knows about. Uh, we have much more podcasts than that on Transistor. but um, And then they have about 10,000, so about double. Uh, and if you look at our overall market share, Simplecast has 0.828%, so under 1%, and we have 0.389%. <laughs> so we're we're effectively at the same scale and they had raised 7 million reportedly and what was interesting is some of the investors were on twitter um and they seemed pretty happy about the exit uh it kind of makes you wonder how much they sold for i th- i think i think because Sirius is a publicly traded company we will actually know that number at some point yeah that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. It's interesting because it's just the, it compared to Transistor, like it's just the two of us. We have not taken investment. I, it seems like Simplecast has something like 20 employees. I mean, that's like a, at least a $2 million payroll every, every year. Yeah. Probably, probably. And what else is interesting about that when we talk about scale is that so they have 5,000 podcasts. We have, sorry, they have 10,000. We have 5,000, but we have two full-time employees. And you'd say they have 20? I th- I think they have something like 20. I mean, it's, I don't know exactly, but it's, it's up yeah. there. They have a, they have a pretty sizable team. Uh, plus they have, you know, they, they do have much bigger, more popular podcasts, right? Which definitely increase things like bandwidth costs. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what type of custom contracts they have with those podcasts. They may be fairly expensive mm-hmm. for those podcasts to, you know, host a simple cast. I don't really know, but it's a weird thing to think. But like, I'm, you know, I if everyone's happy about it, then I'm happy for them. Like, they seem like good people and they did build a, a great product and they have some, definitely some cool technology behind like a lot of their analytics and like advertising stuff they have built in. and. Mm-hmm. Um, editing tools and dynamic, you know, dynamic insertion of things. But it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I still am just so skeptical of these, like, whatever, if you want to call them liquidity events, right. Where these things happen. And then it's a bunch of people on Twitter, just like going back and forth, congratulating each other <laughs> about, about joining the team or. Yeah. And, 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 you know, saying that nothing's ever going to change, which. It always does. Seems yeah. Like things always does. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I, s- s- some people made a bunch of money. I don't know who, you know, I don't know if maybe the 
the founders did or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's impossible to say, but. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that's the other part that's interesting is efficiency wise, Transistor is a much more efficient company. Uh, by the way, uh, Sirius bought Adwi- AdsWiz. <laughs> AdsWiz, a digital advertising company in 2018 for $66.3 million in cash plus shares. Wow. And it's not out of it out of the out of possibility that it could have spent the same for simple cash. My, my, my guess is it's in the range of 14 million to 35 million is, was the actual acquisition price, but I'm completely guessing. I don't know. What's interesting is we go, okay, Transistor has a product that's gained a ton of ground on them. Transistor is a much more efficient company and Transistor has raised no money. And for us, I think as founders, um, there's just going to, that that's going to make you pause no matter what, because yeah, I, I, maybe like, do you want to bring up that conversation you had with Mike? Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, he had, he had mentioned that he had talked to you about sort of what he would be happy to walk away with if something he had built had gotten purchased and he, you know, he mentioned something like any, any number that, that sort of is a life changing number, which can, whatever that may be, it's different for everyone, but like, what's the amount of money that would change your life, Mm -hmm. uh, in a meaningful way. And if whatever that number is, you should take it if it's offered. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that could be anything. It could be the amount of money that you would, never have to work again, which for some people would be boring. Mm-hmm. Could be the amount of money where you could take 10 years off, up to 10 years off and just do anything else and not have to worry about necessarily making money. Although I think anyone who has built something and sold it would probably eventually figure out something else that they wanted to do within those 10 years, well before those 10 years are yeah. and and start something else or invest or you know, so I'm sure some people might just completely switch to something else entirely. There's a lot you could, there's a lot of freedom that comes with having whatever amount of money would would be sort of life changing. Yes, and especially having it in now because, I mean, going back to our anxiety piece, and I'm sure some people who are starting out are going, "Wow, like." It's so iterative, right? Like when you're going from zero to $10,000 a month, you're just trying to get to that point where this thing pays, you know, a month's worth of expenses, right? It's like, oh, I this month, Transistor paid my all of my expenses. And then the next month, it pays your expenses. And you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And you have a string of those and you kind of get out of... um you know, you're no longer in just like, I'm just building this thing so that hopefully I can survive. Like your survival instincts are like, okay, now things are starting to become more stable. And that's where I'd say we are now. Like things are stable. We have some margin month to month. But what we don't have is assurance that for the future. (laughs) Right. And in some ways, maybe we do right? Like we could par- probably borrow against our SaaS revenue and the likelihood that it will not decrease by a ton month over month. But we also know there are disruptive events. You know, I'm sure the the theater industry was like, you know, things are great, but people still are going to see movies and we've had all these Marvel blockbusters and like what could possibly happen that will disrupt <laughs> disrupt this uh-huh. and you know it's like wow we didn't think pandemic would be it you know um like you know maybe there's so many you never know so certainly the the most safe and stable is if someone is willing to give you money now that is like you said or mike said life-changing enough that you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, there is something about that. And yeah, there is. I mean, it is, 
it, it's appealing in a way. It's also, I don't know about you, I would feel like we'd be letting our customers down mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've always said this is a, like an unfair question because on one hand, we are fiercely independent. And yeah. we, you know, I, I, you can look at what I've been saying and podcasting and writing about forever. And from the beginning of this podcast, you and I said, we want to be independent. We don't want to take venture capital money. We want, we want to build a great tool that serves customers. We're going to wake up in the morning and answer customer support requests all the way until we go to bed. We are going to do our best to give people great experience and we are going to be unencumbered by, you know, anyone breathing down our necks saying we have to grow at a certain pace or whatever. On the other hand, we've also always said it's an unfair question because someone comes over to your ear and goes, hey, what if I gave you uh, $3 million right now? (laughs) And you're like, oh, $3 million. And you're like, oh, no, that's probably not. Well, what if I made it 10, Justin? (laughs) (laughs) and and i'm like oh 10 wow okay and but oh no our customers and okay how about i make it 15 and you get to have howard stern's old office (laughs) (laughs) so you know it gets to be harder right like it's like yeah hey john i i could give you enough money that you could just bake bread for the rest of your life I, I'm going to build you the the most impressive bakery you've ever seen. Like you, you know that there 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 there's a tension between these two things. Even though self righteously, I want to keep serving our customers. In fact, I think if I had absolute assurance that I could do this forever without the risk of losing it all. <laughs> Right. I would I would choose to do this forever because it I I really do enjoy what I do and it really shows you how incredible that Bezos deal was that 37 signals got because if someone came along now I think there's been guesses at how much they got I don't know if it was 10 million or if someone wanted to buy a percentage of our shares and give us each a couple million that would dramatically change things for me to know that yeah like like for 2 million i could buy a really nice house and be mortgage free and also still have some money for emergencies you know it it, it seems like <laughs> a silly thing to be talking about especially if you're in the phase where you're just kind of building things up but eventually this is you'll get here. Eventually people get here. Yeah. Where? Yeah, eventually. And you know, I, I only either of us knows what necessarily happened with Simplecast, whether or not they were, they were approached by Sirius or if they were sort of at the point where they were like, we should sell this because things aren't going as well as we wanted mm-hmm. or, or the investors were getting anxious. Who knows? Yeah. But, but there is, you know, eventually that option to say, all right, we can we can work with someone to shop this around and say maybe someone's interested that wouldn't have necessarily known about us. Um, but I think that's not necessarily anytime soon. Although I think we've talked about like maybe there's this window of there's this window for podcasting where stuff like that could happen. And after that window, it may not we may have missed it. And who knows what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That's the that that is the actual big um concern but then again you know places like libsyn and buzzsprout have been around for 10 plus years i Mm -hmm. think so yeah i mean our industry definitely grew has grown slowly and it's very likely that that podcast will continue to be a thing although like i think there's also ways we could hedge against that too like we we could expand the product in ways um, that where we're not just relying on podcasting. So yeah, it's an interesting, interesting 
stuff to think about. And uh, yeah, I thought maybe the listeners would find that that intriguing, maybe just to hear what we're thinking. Uh, let's uh, let's end it here. Let's uh, give a shout out to the folks who support us on Patreon. And by the way, just so they know, um, for the past couple of months, we've um, donated, I think, almost all of our Patreon um, money. Um, we found some great causes that we've been contributing to. So just so Patreons know, like we really appreciate their support and we've been trying to pass that uh, goodwill along. But yeah, let's thank these folks. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks to everyone uh, for supporting us uh, in the past and, and currently. Uh, we have Colt Borg, Mark Binder, Anton Zorin, Bill Kondo, Sophia Quintero, Diogo, Chris Willow, Mason Hensley, Borja Soler, Ward Sandler, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Brady Yumna Schembecker, Noah Prale, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Michael Sitfer, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, Dan Buda, my brother, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta! (laughs) (laughs) So waiting for it. I want to give some space for the (laughs) listeners, you know? uh, (laughs) Well, build up some anticipation. And finally, uh, Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com. Thanks, everyone. And we hope you have a great summer. Stay tuned. You never know. We might publish some episodes. And we'll talk to you next time we talk to you. Yeah. Be safe and have a good summer. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm Justin and get 15% off your first year.